Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us about your wild conspiracy. It's on. It's now. It's here. The Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890 949 KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. Welcome to the program. I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning in today. Got an author coming up. We're going to talk about his book and, uh, well, a little bit about attitude in just a couple of minutes. I did want to update our story that's kind of been making headlines all morning long. We had uh, a guy who decided he was going to set fire to things this morning. Crazy. Uh, he set fire to some dumpsters, decided that wasn't good enough, set fire to a couple of church buildings on the outside. Some damage was done. Uh, all totaled, uh, so far we know of six different uh, fires that this guy set this morning. Now, police caught him when he was setting the last one on fire. They At least they caught sight of him. Uh, a high-speed chase ensued. It lasted about 35 miles, ended up over there at Zion National Park. Uh, he was arrested. Ironically, perhaps his car caught on fire when he when they spiked his tires and he crashed. But uh, they do have the suspect in custody. But it's hard to believe something like that in uh, our uh, little hometown here of St. George, Utah. But uh, like I said, the good news is he is uh, in police custody right now. All right, let's go to our guest online. I have Howard Prager with me. Howard is an author. And uh, you're in Florida, right, Howard? I am actually, uh, right now, I'm in Salt Lake City at the Association for Talent Development International Conference. Oh, welcome to Utah. That's a, Thank a, you. an interesting coincidence. You're in our state right now. That's uh, right. About, you're about, we're about 300 miles from Salt Lake, so we're not that close, but we're kind of close. So that's, that's You're in the cool. beautiful part of the state, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. although it does get a little warm this time of year. But we've got the thunderstorms and stuff going on right now. Uh, tell us a little bit about, now, the name of your book, by the way, is Make Someone's Day. And uh, we talk about words and how powerful they are. Before we get to the exact words, uh, let's talk about the power of words. You and I had a chance to talk for just a minute, a, a few minutes ago, uh, about attitude and positive thinking and surrounding yourself with, with people who uh, help uh, lift you instead of, of drag you down. Talk about how powerful words can be, Howard. Yes, thanks, Andy. You know, words, it's funny, I read something on the way here about the word fine. And we and so often, how are you doing? I'm, I'm fine. fine. Yeah, <laughs> right. Fine. Fine is kind of like mediocre. It's not. It's not great. It's not good. Yeah. But it's a word that we all use too frequently. It's like, oh, I'm fine. It's like, well, can we be better than fine? So you're right. Words really make a difference. Power of words. A couple of some of the words that you talk about, and I guess the main theme of the book is, "You made my day." When somebody would ask you, just the average person, what's the four most powerful word or phrase in in the English language? And I'd say, "Well, I love you deeply," or, or something like that. But "You made my day" is pretty powerful. Can you explain why why you feel that way? Yes, thanks, Andy. Because you don't say that. You know, typically, if someone does something or helps you, you know, why don't we typically say, oh, th- you know, thank you. If we're lucky we get a thank you, yeah. um, but we don't normally get more than that. When you say you made my day, it's because they did something so powerful, so impactful at the right time and in the right way that it truly blew you away and brought you beyond and that's what you made my day means that they've done something and it could be something totally simple it might just be a smile it might be helping with a uh with with 
some luggage or whatever it could or a package, whatever it might be. It was it's doing the right thing at the right time um, that causes you to say you made my day because that's what I needed right then. You know, one of the things about that phrase, I, I kind of equate it to service a little bit. You know, when you serve someone else, you actually get as much or more benefit out, out of it as they do. When you tell someone you made my day and, and, it, and it literally changes their day, uh, that, that it's an amazing uh, what it does to them, but also back to you. Yes. Thanks, Andy. It's so true. It's what I have called the boomerang effect. Now, we all know boomerangs, right? The, the, the Australian devices you throw out, and magically they come back to you. Uh, well, I believe there's, a, and I've found scientific proof that there's a boomerang effect, and it happens uh, in our brains. Because what happens is when someone says, uh, you made my day, and we know that they got a huge boost, your mirror neurons kick in and reflect that in you. And so you feel it as well. The first time it happened to me, I couldn't believe that it lasted all day long, that I couldn't get it out of my mind. Someone said, you made my day, and that just, <laughs> it, it took me to a higher level. It was great. It's really cool, it, and it's amazing how much effect some, uh, a little phrase like that uh, can have. What, uh, what was your inspiration for this book? What kind of got you thinking about this and, and wanting to write this? Sure, thanks. This is a Probably it's a philosophy I've lived most of my life. I've uh, picked it up from my parents and, and grandparents. But here's what happened. I was taking the train downtown one morning, commuter train. Or it was at the station early, and a woman came up to me with a clipboard, and she said, would you mind signing this petition? I'd like to get someone on the ballot for election. And I said, sure. And I'm looking it over and starting to sign and just said, oh, by the way, who is this for? And it was someone I had heard of. Uh, didn't matter what party he was in, at least I heard of them. I said, okay, great. And I said, here you go. And she looked at me with the biggest eyes and said, you made my day. Really? And I, hmm. Exactly. And I thought, I just signed the petition. That's yeah, all. no big deal, really. <laughs> right, right. And, and it's, it could be that simple. But it was the right time because no one else had signed it. I was the first person. I don't know if I, if I was the first person ever to sign, if she was doing this for the first time or not, but I was the first person that morning. Uh, and that, I think, gave her the encouragement to continue to try to get signatures. And it gave me just a total new perspective and thought that this is something that more people need to learn how to do. You know, what, one of the things that you're talking about there is the, the kind of the surprise you made my day. You didn't know she was going to say that. In fact, you had no idea that your little signature would mean that much. And I found that to be true quite often when I say uh, you made my day to someone or, or when they say it back to me. Is it, It's quite unexpected, which maybe, Howard, maybe that makes it more powerful. Yes, I think so. I think it's the unexpectedness of it. Now, there are times, Andy, where we sort of know, we can kind of think that they're probably going to say that, um, and, and, and we can play into those situations. Great thing. If, you, if you're a parent of a kid and you're complimenting the parent on something the kid did, um, you're going to get that more times than not. So yeah. there are some times and situations we kind of think that we can get that. But otherwise, it's, uh, it's sometimes impromptu, but sometimes it'll take just a little planning. So I created a very simple model I call the VIP model. Mm. Because don't we all want to feel like a VIP? Yes, sir. 
And so with this simple model, people can learn to do it and find situations and truly do something that's impactful for others. All right. You want to tell us what, what does VIP stand for? What are you, where are you going with this? Sure. Let me, let me, it's very simple, and I'll give you a quick example for each. So the V is just view and observe, and this could be in person or it could even be online. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Is someone struggling? Are they stuck? Um, what's happening in, in uh, that, that immediate time? So a really quick story. Um, Lisa was a partner in a branding agency responsible for business development, and she was meeting with a large potential client riding the elevator to the office. And as she stepped out of the elevator, she heard a voice shouting for help. And she was concerned because she didn't want to be late for her meeting. After all, this was a a potential new contract, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But she said, I've got to help out because I viewed and observed that something was going on. And so she ended up contacting the building management. Um, I don't know why they hadn't heard about this, but, but maybe the alarm wasn't working, and they were able to rescue the person. P.S., guess who that person was? The person she was supposed to meet with. Oh, wow. wow. When, they came, when she came in and harried and, of course, apologizing for being late um, and, and shared the story that someone helped her get out of the elevator, and Lisa said that was me, the contract was signed before she left the meeting. Awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. So so the so that, view, the view part you, you really mean we need to be actively looking for someone to help and not not necessarily rescue them, maybe just make them feel better or make them feel good about who they are. Right, right. You can be able to observe and maybe see someone who needs a, a smile or a little you know, uplift or someone struggling with a package is, is often things that we might view and observe. So the second step is I, and that's to identify and consider. So once you've viewed and observed what's going on, then you need to figure out what do you think they need. Do they need a helping hand? Do they need resources? Do they need time? Do they need some space? Do they need, uh, you know, some other type of help? So identify and consider the options that may, may that may be. And sometimes these are very, very quick, like Lisa with the shouting in the elevator. It's her literally seconds to realize I've got to reach out and figure out how I can get some help to this person. Mm. So, so identify and consider your options. And then finally, the last step is to plan and act. So uh, once you've done it, you have to go ahead and implement it. So uh, here, here's a great story. So sometimes the act just happens, right? So when you need some help or a smile or whatever that might be, you do that spontaneously, right? You don't need to plan that. You just go do it. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it takes more planning. So here's here's another great story. Is uh, uh, Matter of fact, I've got two stories in the book that are similar. And it's a boss who's gone either on a business trip uh, overseas or on vacation. And the boss knew about their employee and they had a young child. Um, and they both, both of these bosses brought back specific gifts that were something that the child aspired to. One uh, loved playing soccer, and, and the person was on vacation in Argentina and brought home a soccer jersey, but not any soccer jersey. They brought home Lionel Messi's soccer oh, jersey. Oh, Messi, yeah. Yeah, so, so superstar, right? And the other one had a toddler who loved trains, and he happened to be in Sweden where they have all these beautiful wood, wood 
trains, you know, beautifully carved for kids, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and brought home a wood train. And, and both of them were speechless. Uh, talk about making someone's day. They really did. So that's the that's the, maybe some of the planning and acting. So that's the planning because it took a little more planning for them to think about what, what am I going to bring or what am I going to get? And then they acted on it. So that's the bottle. View and observe, identify and consider, plan and act. We go back to the identify part, Howard. I, I think a lot of times, I mean, we all mean well, not, not all, but most of us mean well. I remember, so my wife and I had COVID last month, uh, and, and there were a lot of people that said, hey, can I do anything for you? And, and you know, the, the answer, you know, usually, well, no, if, no, you, you know, we're good. We're fine. But there were other people who didn't say, can I do anything for you? They said, hey, I'm going to bring some food by. Or, hey, I, you know, I'll, I'll pick up your groceries for you. Or, or hey, uh, it looks like your lawn needs to be, whatever it was. And, and I think that was, uh, when you talk about the story with the trains and the soccer jersey, I think when people can identify a specific need and then act on it instead of just saying, and, and I don't mean people are insincere when they say, can I do anything for you? But I think people who just identify and act are so much more powerful, so much they, they do such a better job. You are so absolutely true. And I'm, I'm sorry. I hope you and your wife are feeling much better now. We're, we're great, yes. Oh, good. But that's a great story. There's so many stories around the pandemic that I have a chapter on making someone stay in a crisis. And there are a lot of people, um, some, some youths who organized other college youth who are home from school because they, uh, their college campus is closed, and they decide they wanted to do something. Uh, so one story has uh, them running errands for people who couldn't get out. And so they said, uh, we don't want any money. We don't want any tips. Just let us know what you need, and we'll arrange to go do it. And what a beautiful thing, especially for college kids who, mm-hmm. you know, you might think they're a little uh, self, uh, self-centered self <laughs> and such. And here, here are these kids who are, they've now got 37 chapters around the country doing this. Um, that's great. An- another is, I don't know how it was in Utah. I'm from from Illinois. And in Illinois, the, the, this vaccine distribution was just crazy. People couldn't figure out. They went online at all sorts of bizarre times. You know, midnight appointments appear. It's like, who's yeah. up at midnight looking for appointments? So there's a, a, a few kids who acted as vaccine angels and said, we will find, you give us your information. We will find um, the vaccines for you in someplace convenient. And they helped thousands of people get vaccinated. Awesome. Awesome. That bit of service. Uh, you have yeah. a chapter in your book called the neuroscience behind uh, helping someone uh, have a better attitude or helping make someone's day. Can you talk a little bit about the neuroscience? I know you mentioned the boomerang, boomerang effect, but I know there are curmudgeons out there who say, wow, nice guys finish last. And if you're, if you're too nice, you're just going to get run over. What are your thoughts, Howard? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'll tell you what it ha- what happens. So I don't, don't want to get too much into the science of it. But what happens is that when you make someone stay, they get a neurological cocktail hmm. that extends far beyond an endorphin rush. So endorphins certainly play a role in our overall well-being. They ward off pain. They perpetuate pleasure. Um, but they alone don't cr- create a rush or burst of happiness. There's serotonin, oxytocin, and dopamine. And when they're mixed together, they're the cocktail that truly makes us happy and makes your brains feel good. 
So there really is scientific reason around how make someone's day can help and make a huge difference in people's lives. A couple of other things I wanted to ask about. Uh, time is uh, going so fast this morning, but uh, let's talk a little bit about, you have a, in one of your chapters, chapter 10, you talk about stepping up in unusual ways. What do you mean by that? Yeah, because there's so many different different things that we can do um, that, that, that cause us to make someone's day. And, and when I talk about uh, unusual ways, I... I talk about uh, like like bigger things, things that you wouldn't even think about. So let me give you an, uh, um, just another uh, a personal type example. Is I have a, uh, had a friend who who had a 75th birthday, brought a lot of friends together, but he was active in all sorts of things. He was a playwright, and he was an author, and he was a teacher, and he was a coach, and had all these things, and so brought these people together. Uh, didn't know each other, and didn't really know that maybe that part of him and, and Corollis was thanking everybody and spontaneously people started jumping up and giving examples of how he made each of our days. And it was the most beautiful thing and just got me to thinking that when I'm at a funeral and I hear a eulogy, I oftentimes learn about things I never knew about the person or wish I knew when they were alive. And I thought, what a beautiful way. Let's give a tribute to people now when we can. So if you hit a milestone birthday, I don't care if it's 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever it might be, what a great opportunity to thank people for ways that they helped you. Yeah, we should give eulogies while we're still alive, huh? (laughs) <laughs> exactly. I know. That would be really cool. One of your chapter yeah. talks about overcoming rudeness and incivility. It seems like in modern society, especially with social media being so uh, dominant in our lives, that there is a preponderance. There is a lot of uh, rudeness and incivility. Uh, what are some of the weapons we can use, Howard, for that? So a couple I, I, and weapons, I suppose, I don't want to call them weapons, but, but ways, situations of dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Is let's talk about road rage, Andy. Ever have road rage? <laughs> oh, no, not me. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You know, you're behind somebody going slow or someone uh-huh. zips around you or cuts you off. or And you, we all think it's personal. We all think they're doing it against us. Yeah. Guess what? They have no idea who we are. Uh, but we take it personally. So we want to do something with a certain finger maybe or beep the horn or like, and and that, that feeling less. Well, let me tell you, you can wire your brain to think negatively, or you can wire your brain to think positively. So we need to rewire our brain for positive thinking to realize that this isn't acting against us. So, you know, as much as we're upset about them being rude, it's not necessarily directed towards us. It's just them and their own, their own world. And once we can get over that, um, it just relieves so much anxiety and pressure that we feel. So that's one way of dealing with rudeness, realizing it's not against us per se. It's not personal. That's hard, though, sometimes if somebody about caused a wreck or whatever, and you're like, oh, are you turkey? No, I know. <laughs> Isn't that true? Hey, we're all about... I mean, they're not turkeys, right? They that's are right. turkeys, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, hey, we're all about families here on KDX. We run a segment every day called Focus on the Family, and I truly believe, uh, Howard, that a family, if we can have, if we can strengthen families, make families stronger, it'll help in our society. You spent a whole chapter, Chapter 13, Strengthening Family Relationships. How do families fit in with all of this uh, positive attitude? Oh, that that's great, and that's probably one of the most cha- was one of the most challenging chapters to write. 
Andy, when you think about your family and growing up, we're the ones who we see the most throughout life, right? Mm-hmm. Our, our families get there for holidays, celebrations, occasions, and everything else. And guess what? To them, I'm, I'm, I'm little Howard. You're little Andy. Yeah. <laughs> they, right? They referred to us as we were as kids. But we're not kids anymore. And so if they think that, oh, Howard's always a slob or always running late or Howard's just a menace or, you know, we need to change that dialogue. And we do it by starting to act out differently and make, make their day. So what are the things we can do? If we're running, if, if we ran late or thought about running late, all we need to do is be early. Show them a different us, mm. and that could start changing that dialogue. And just think, if we could start changing the dialogue with our own families, how much better life's going to be? Because they're the ones that we see, all, all the, as I say, all the time. Yeah, the people we love the most, and sometimes we hate the most in, 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 you know, in, in certain ways. So true. So true. Yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a love-hate. They're, they're the closest people to us. They'll always support us. But they'll also always have, have maybe comments that they, they say, and they don't necessarily mean to, to hurt, but if we can turn that dialogue so they don't have the reason to say that, it can, it's going to provide just more comfort and less anxiety in getting together in those situations. All right, Howard, we're running short on time. I wanted to ask you, uh, what are some of the best tips that you can give us now in implementing this into our lives? A positive attitude, making someone else's day. What are the best ways we can kind of insert that into our daily activities? Yeah, start small. So start doing things such as taking each of the letters of the VIP model and check them out. So view and observe what's going on around you and then maybe kind of check it out. So maybe you're going to want to do this with some friends first and say, hey, I saw you over there. Were you feeling, uh, um, you know, fresher or frustrated or something? And so, so practice that skill. Then do the same thing and identify and consider. Hey, uh, Sammy, if I had done this to you, would that have helped? And so check those out. And then finally plan and act. And so do some things and act and be able to kind of see what are the reactions that you have. So by practicing those three behaviors and start making it a conscious effort and a decision that I want to make someone's day every day, you're going to have the impact and you're going to get that mirror neuron effect when people say to you, Andy, you made my day. I love it. I love it. He's Howard H. Prager. The book is Make Someone's Day. We have a regular caller that really wants to talk to you. You okay with taking a call real quick? Absolutely. I'd love to, Andy. All right. Let's do it. Uh, Seth, what's going on? Thanks for calling. Let's make somebody's day. I, I had a complicated plumbing project. I went in, and there was a helpful person um, at Home Depot, laid it all out on the floor, made fittings, made things to support it, did things that were way above what anybody else will do in a big box store. On the way out, um, I called and I said, I'd like to talk to your manager. The manager showed up. I told the whole story in front of the employee, and there is a program at that store that they get something called a homer. A homer, okay. And so you look on these people's jackets, and there's stacks of these homers for the best 
customer service. And, of course, the employee looked at me and said, you made my day. Awesome. Oh. And now, and on top of that, I think there's some monetary, uh, I think 50 bucks or something, each time you get a homer. That is so cool. And he made your day by, by showing you the project, and then you made his day by, uh, by highlighting the effort he put in. I love it. And I do the same thing on the telephone when customer service, I ask to speak to their their boss and offer them a compliment, even with the employee on the phone. Uh, and, and, you know, when people excel at what they do, in most cases, people go to work and get beat up by people who are criticizing them or making a mistake of some sort. And it ha- hardly ever happens that people call up and want to tell people, tell their boss specifically what an outstanding employee they are and that how they need a raise in pay. Awesome. Thank you, Seth, for the call. appreciate it. You bet. That's awesome. Thanks, Seth. Beautiful, beautiful uh, example of make someone stay in action. Love it. Well, Howard, again, uh, thanks for coming on. The, the book again is Make Someone's Day. What's the best way if we want to get a hold of your book? How do we go? How do we get about it, go about it? Right now, it's pre-order. Uh, you can either go to my website, Howard H. Prager, P-R-A-G-E-R dot com, or you can go on Amazon. You can go on Barnes and Noble. You can go on Target dot com and order it there. Awesome. Make someone's day like Howard did for us right now. Thank you so much, Howard. Thank you, Andy. Have a wonderful day. Uh, Enjoyed talking with you. Appreciate you having me on this morning. All right. Safe travels. Howard Prager, author again of Make Someone's Day. We're interactive on The Andy Griffin Show. Call in in at 673-5890 or text in at 435-467-5842. Let your voice be heard on The Andy Griffin Show. Welcome back. Again, thanks to Howard Prager for being on the show. Make Someone's Day is the name of his book. You can go to the website uh, if you want to learn more about uh, Howard and his book. I think it's howardhprager.com, P-R-A-G-E-R, howardhprager.com. Thanks again for tuning into the program. I'm Andy. It's great to be here today. And it's weird. Usually my studio, uh, we're facing east, and the morning sun makes it really, really hot in here. Uh, and uh, with the clouds and the rain, and not not raining right now where I am, but with the clouds and the uh, what's looking like it's going to be rain, uh, it is not hot in my studio, and we haven't had the sun come in at all. Nope, no sunrise, nothing because the clouds have socked us all in. So, but I, I don't know if you heard about this this morning. Crazy stuff happening. Some guy, and we have not been given his name yet, but some guy decided this morning early, like at 5 a.m., he was going to start things on fire. He started some dumpster fires. He started a couple of church walls on fire. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just we, as many as six to eight fires set around the area. And we're talking right here in St. George, River Road, 3000 East. Uh, and uh, somebody said, I, I saw comments online, said that he set my church on fire, and there was significant damage to uh, one of the walls. Uh, this suspect then was, uh, I think, caught red-handed starting one of the fires, uh, jumped in his car, and police chased him all the way out to Zion National Park. Uh, they spiked his tires eventually, and he crashed into, they said crashed into the bridge. I'm not sure what bridge we're referring to exactly, but crashed into the bridge at Zion National Park. Uh, 
and then ironically, perhaps his car caught on fire as he bailed out. Police were able to arrest him. But uh, you got to wonder a, a couple of things. First of all, what would possess someone to have that kind of hatred that they would start things on fire that they know not, nothing about, churches and, and other things? And then there had to be some kind of illegal substance involved, right? an abuse of alcohol, maybe some sort of drugs involved. And I'm sure the rest of the story will come out as, uh, as uh, you know, the details emerge in the police reports. Right now it's an ongoing active investigation. He's only admitted, according to uh, the police reports, he only admitted to three of the fires, but there were, like I said, six to eight fires this morning. And uh, just craziness, just craziness out there. Uh, There's also a flash flood watch today starting at noon from noon today until midnight tomorrow. So 36 hours at flash flood watch for Iron and Washington counties. And, uh, again, all all the things that come with a flash flood watch. Don't go in the slot canyons. Don't, you know, if there's water running across a bridge or a low-lying area, don't try to cross it either on foot or in your vehicle. I was reading somewhere, I think 61% of drowning uh, flood drowning accidents happen with people trying to drive across areas that they've driven across probably hundreds of times, but this time it was covered in water and the water swept their car away. So uh, don't do it. If there's a flow, don't go, I think is one of the things that uh, that they said. Man, I was just reading this report, uh, Fox News, talking about... Uh, this is a horrifying. This is from Fox News. Horrifying audio of distant gunshots appears to confirm reports of house-to-house executions as the Taliban asserts control of Kabul and Afghanistan after the U.S. military's departure on Monday evening. We had till midnight to get out. We got out. We left. An Afghan who worked with American on the, Americans on the ground provided Fox News with the chilling audio featuring distant gunshots. He said, quote, I think there's a conflict between the Taliban. I have no idea where I'm located. From everywhere I hear the sounds of shooting, gunfire. I have no idea how to leave, the Afghan man said uh, in the video recorded right around the time the final U.S. plane flew out of there. Imagine that, you know, we're talking about positive attitude and making people feel good and you know, loyalty is one of those things. And imagine now, and I don't know if you've seen the movie Hurt Locker. Um, it's it's about Iraq, but it's the same same kind of deal. Uh, there are certain, uh, we'll call them allies, certain people who decided that the best way to act, they saw the good, I believe, in the Americans, and they decided the best way to act was to help them, to be their friends. And, you know, we were there 15-plus years in Afghanistan. And so there are people that, you know, say you were five when the U.S. got there, uh, your whole life the Americans were there. And you learned to trust the Americans. And you learned that they were going to take care of you. And you learned that uh, the U.S. is pretty dang loyal. And, and they did take care of them. And then, and then they left. Because the way things happen, they left. And you are there, and everyone, everyone around you knows that you were a friend to the Americans. You trusted them. You were, they allowed you on their base or near their base. They allowed you to hang out with them. Maybe you had drinks with them. Maybe you, you know, had lunch with them, whatever. And, and now they're gone. And everyone knows who you are and what you did and how you were friendly to the, to the Americans. And, do you think anybody's going to hesitate to sell you out? When the Taliban comes banging on someone's door and says, uh, I'm going to shoot you unless you tell me who was uh, friendly to the Americans. Well, of course, they're going to say, well, that guy was. 
because they don't want to get shot themselves. So we have all these people, thousands of people, that were friendly to the Americans, that were, you know, that some of them believed how we believed, uh, you know, the Taliban was evil. Some of them were, at, at the very least, you know, they were uh, helpful in, in some kind of way. Uh, even, you know, some of them made money off of the Americans that were there. You know, they, 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 they sold, I don't know, CDs. They sold food, you know, farmer's market type stuff. And now those people are all being left to die via the Taliban. They asked President Biden about a political report that says that U.S. officials in Kabul gave the Taliban a list of American citizens. Said, here, here, here's our people. Let them through. President said there may have been such a list. Basically, they put all those Afghans on a kill list, one defense official told Politico. Hours after the departure of the U.S. troops, the official Taliban Twitter account celebrated the withdrawal. Quote, the last American soldier left Kabul airport at 9 p.m. Afghan time tonight, and our country gained full independence. Thank God and blessings, the Taliban account said. They were celebrating fireworks, gunshots into the air as they celebrated the eradication of the evil Americans. Man, doesn't it make you proud? To have Joe Biden as our president doesn't make you proud. The leaders of our military said, ah, let's get our military out. Oh, yeah, the civilians, eh, we'll try to get a few of those out, too. It's kind of sad. It's really sad. All right, Joe Shoney is a sponsor of this program. Joe Shoney has been a, a loan consultant here in southern Utah for 25-plus years. And uh, his specialty is customer service. You go online and read the reviews. So 4.91 out of Five stars. That's phenomenal. And that's with 566 reviews online. Some of the latest. Katie said, extremely hardworking and great communication to help us get our loan through. We couldn't have done it without them. Uh, Edward says, a team effort to complete the loan on time was excellent. Communication on loan status and next steps was right on point. Five stars. Even Jennifer here says, everything went very smoothly and quickly. Let me give him. Five stars. It's Joe Shoney. Phone number for Joe is 435-590-6300. We're interactive on The Andy Griffin Show. Call in, Call in at 673-5890 or text in at 435-467-5842. Let your voice be heard on The Andy Griffin Show. Welcome back to the program. Got about 10 minutes or so left. If you want to be part of the show, call me at 435-673-5890. Love to hear from you. You want to text? Maybe you're a little shy. My sister said, I love your show, Andy, but I'm never going to call in. He's a little bit shy. It's okay. Uh, you can text me at 435-467-5842. That is the uh, text line here. On KDXU, and as I'm saying that, that's kind of cool. Asking you shall receive a couple of texts. Came across to see if I can find those. All right, wrong button. All right, we'll, we'll we'll get those texts to you in just a minute. It's it's one of those that it actually came across on my phone. It's supposed to also come across on my computer, so I put my phone down, grabbed my computer, and it didn't come across. Isn't that the way they say it goes? Uh, so anyway, yeah, we'll get back. We'll get to those texts and, and things that. In a moment, had a chance to go out to Corn Fest on Saturday out there in Enterprise. A couple of things. Number one, 
I did not see a mask, not a single mask in the entire corn fest, which, uh, you know, you have your opinion on whether or not we should be wearing them or not. But, uh, yeah, no masks in the, in the entire corn fest. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, and it, it felt like, uh, it felt like America two years ago before COVID. It just felt like, and credit Brandon Humphreys. He's the mayor out there at enterprise credit him for saying, you know what, we're not going to, we're not going to put up with this stuff. Uh, we don't need masks. We're a small town. We don't share a lot of germs. We're just going to go out there and we're going to, we're going to live life. And it felt like, first of all, great crowds at Cornfest, by the way, 30, I think it's 37 miles to enterprise, something like that. 39, depending on what part of town you're in. Uh, so the drive was not bad. It's two lane highway, but you know what? It was uh, honestly, it was uh, pretty. It was enjoyable. Lots of uh, scenery and mountains to look at, and, and trees, and and then you get out to Cornfest. Huge crowds out there. A couple of cool places to eat right there in town. Uh, there was a barbecue joint it was when you first turn the corner uh, when you come into town, and I cannot remember the name of their barbecue joint, but they make a really good brisket. <laughs> You had to know I was going to find some barbecue, right? And then uh, Marv's. Now, I stopped at Marv's. We stopped at Marv's, and um, we I, I met a lady, and her name is Raylene. And then she said, she introduced herself as, uh, my name's Raylene. I'm Mrs. Marv. And so I talked with Raylene, and uh, she said, uh, she said, yeah, we, I, I said, I want to talk about, you know, maybe give some gift certificates to Marv's and, and talk about your milkshakes. And she says, oh, no, don't talk about the milkshakes. And I said, what? She said, our burgers and fries are the best around. And, and she implied, didn't say it, but she implied in uh, all of Washington County. And uh, so, yeah, so I, I said, all right, well, I'll, I'll give some gift certificates away. We've been giving those away for our impossible question of the day. And uh, I'll talk about your burgers and fries. Uh, I know this. When you order a burger at Marv's, uh, you might have to do like a python and unhinge your jaw to get your mouth around. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, anyway, uh, the Corn Fest was a lot of fun. They had a, a car show. Uh, for those of you who love cars, there was a 61 Impala uh, convertible. It was uh, my favorite of the Car Fest. Although there was there was a 66 Mustang. There was a, a, a old Barracuda. I, don't, I didn't get the year on that one. Uh, there were some really nice cars. But uh, that uh, 61 Impala turquoise. And it had... I always said, I always wondered about this. So the Impala has swivel seats. So that when you when it's time to get out of your car... You push a little button and the seat swivels so that instead of having to, to slide your butt sideways on the seat, the whole seat swivels over. I thought that was so cool. I know it's a stupid little thing, but I thought that was really cool. Swivel seats in the uh, convertible Impala. I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, anyway, uh, while we were out at the Corn Fest, got to sample some of the food. The, the food, that was the one maybe negative about the trip, waiting and waiting and waiting for the food. Uh, took an hour for for lunch uh, waiting. We actually were able to go and come back and put our order in and go and come back. Uh, that was my that was my brother's food. And then another place uh, that you go right up, almost right up to the window. We had like to wait behind two or three people to order. And I thought, oh, this is great. This is going to be quick. But there was a lot of people hanging around, and I found out as I was ordering or after I was ordering, oh, it's going to be forty five minutes before your food is ready. I was like, oh no. So we kind of committed ourselves and. And had to uh, had to wait in line for a while to get our food, but still, it was a fun experience. Uh, we bought some corn. Actually, had it uh, last night for dinner. No, night before last Sunday night for dinner. Incredible sweet enterprise corn. 
uh, got some peaches while we were out there. And, uh, you know, I don't know how often Corn Fest comes around. I think it's just the once a year, but uh, they, they put they put it on right out there at, uh, at Enterprise. And, by the way, the high on Enterprise on Saturday was 85. So, yeah, you want to get up out of the heat and go up and have a good time at Enterprise is your place. I, I think the world needs more of these events. Um, you know, I went to Vegas a couple of weeks ago, and I really felt like it's always there, COVID-19, right? And I felt like in Vegas that there were a lot of germs floating around. There were handrails and, you know, door handles and all kinds of stuff you had to grab a hold of in Vegas. And that, and I think that's where I got COVID-19. I think that's where I picked it up. Uh, in Enterprise, there were a lot of people in relatively close quarters, but there were, there were no door handles or handrails or, you know, there was, there was, there was not that feeling that we were all, you know, kind of squished together and, and, and sharing each other's germs. I never felt that out in enterprise. And, and so it was, it was actually a pretty good experience. Saw Troy uh, from barbecue pit stop out there. He's the one that got me onto the barbecue joint. He said, that probably sold out, but you got to get some if you can, their brisket is really good. And so we were able to uh, get some of that brisket as well. And uh, it was it was a good time. It was a good time out there at uh, at Cornfest in uh, in Enterprise. And I recommend if you have an opportunity to go next year, uh, you ought to go ahead and pick it up and, and head out there. And uh, you're gonna have a good time as well. Uh, just real quick, I wanted to repeat uh, the weird story that would happen this morning. I got into work today, and within 15 minutes, I started seeing reports online of fires. And in fact, the very first post was several churches on fire. And uh, of course, the first thing I did was, wait, 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 what? Churches on fire in St. George? And uh, as it turned out, most of it was dumpsters next to churches. But there were, he, this this crazy guy, I guess, allegedly crazy guy, was was uh, setting fires at 5 o'clock in the morning all, the, all throughout St. George, from River Road to out there at 3,000 East. Uh, some reports it happened out in, in, in Hurricane as well. Uh, but anyway, the good news is the, the police caught the guy. They, he actually, high-speed chase out there uh, all the way to Zion National Park. They spiked his tires. They ended up catching him, and he admitted to setting several of the fires. But what a bizarre morning to come into that. In fact, you know, I, I because I'm in charge of the news now, uh, I actually was a little bit stressed out coming into this morning because I thought, oh, there's not going to be a whole lot of news. And when I got to work, there were three big news items. There was that story I was just talking about. And then there was the story uh, of the flash flood watch because we've got a flash flood watch starting at noon today and going all the way through uh, midnight tomorrow night, which means there could be heavy rains at times, certainly in the higher elevations, but maybe even down here in the valley. So I'm like, okay, wow, that's two news stories. Uh, and then uh, right after that, I, I did a, a little refresh on the uh, the fire dot Utahfire dot gov or something like that, and found out that the Oak Grove fire had more than doubled in size. So, if you, those of you that can drive around St. George see the smoke out there on the fire. Uh, the Oak Grove campground, uh, somebody left a fire unattended, and it created a huge fire. It was five acres when the officials got there. It turned into about 300 acres yesterday, and then overnight tonight. Uh, it was uh, 696 acres on fire, and it's 0% contained. They're doing their best. They've got the four uh, single-engine aircraft tankers 
uh, one bigger tanker. They've got a helicopter dropping, uh, you know, fire retardant and, and water. You've got ground crews, including several engines uh, and a bunch of hot shots, a bunch of uh, flame jumpers. And, and they're out there doing their best. But right now, that Oak Grove fire is 0% contained. It's 696 acres. And that is extremely rugged country. So, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those deals. It's, it's going to be tough to try to, to uh, get that thing contained. Uh, Michael says he was, the guy was observed coming out of a church and smoke coming from inside the church. That's unconfirmed. I appreciate Michael, but, uh, yeah, we, you know, until we get the real story, I don't want to spread too many rumors, but I know he started uh, several churches on fire and dumpsters by churches and dumpsters by, uh, by a parking lot or uh, by uh, construction sites. And, uh, that guy was, uh, I have to think, I have to think there was some kind of illicit drugs involved. The guy was not in his right mind when he was doing what he was doing. This this craziness. 9.58 on KDXU. I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for tuning in to the program today. Howard Prager was our guest. And the even Despite all that's happened today, it was good to, and refreshing to talk to Howard for 20, maybe 25 minutes about attitude, about how to make someone's day. That's the name of his book, How to Make Someone's Day, and uh, the, how it's all about attitude. When When I first got him on the phone, I said, you know, uh, I think attitude, a lot of it has to do with who you surround yourself with. If you surround yourself with people who are negative, uh, it's going to be hard to have a positive mental attitude and, and really feel good. But years ago, I had a friend, and he said, it's all about moods, Andy. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, it's all about moods. He said, we all get in moods. Something happens, it affects our moods. You know, you stub our toe, it affects our mood. Uh, we get on the on the scale or look in the mirror like it, it affects our mood he said it's all about moods and moods are affected by attitude attitude is affected by those around us but also uh, of course in our own heads i just really love the topic the book is make someone's day look for it on amazon howard w howard h prager is the author of the book back with the dr blodgett tomorrow 9 a.m